0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Early Stages podcast by APX. My name is Soren and on this podcast we guide you through everything you as an aspiring founder or newly started business need to know about the first steps towards starting and building a successful company. APX has now invested in almost 150 very early stage startups and in each episode of this podcast we talk to the founders from our portfolio and experts from our network to dive into one specific topic that can help you grow your new startup and hopefully inspire more people to start their own businesses. Today's episode is about advisors, how to find them, how to use them and who to listen to. Let's get started. as exciting as they can be the very early stages of starting a business can be a bit lonely you and your small team are pushing the idea with the right people and you know a lot from your market research and your experience but Obviously, you can't know everything. And that's why every founder eventually needs some kind of advice from people who have experience with your industry. And here's the good news. There is an ocean of people out there with a genuine interest in helping your startup succeed. But the bad news, you have to navigate that ocean and find out who do you listen to and who do you ignore. So how do you do that? And how do you work with advisors on a frequent basis? On today's episode, we are joined by uh, three founders and one executive advisor for one of these founders. First off, we have Anna Nazarova and Elina Engel, co-founders of Mark, an e-learning language app. Welcome both of you calling in from Indonesia and Cyprus today. Could you tell us a little bit about your company first?
1: Hello, it's very nice to meet you. Thanks for inviting us for this podcast. <laughs> it's a great pleasure. Uh, so what we do is uh, we have an e-learning app uh, that allows refugees, immigrants, and basically everybody who is interested in learning a new language to do it with the help of the app uh, in the form of a chat.
0: Great. And secondly, we have Esra Kaigim or Esra, as I will call you today, Esra, founder and CEO of high-rise uh, building an AI tool to automate the Early Stages of Hiring Processes. Welcome as calling in from Istanbul today.
2: Hi sir and um well thank you for having us.
0: We are also joined by one of your uh, advisors, Jur Langhans, uh, who's an executive advisor for high-rise. Welcome Jur. We'll get into how you work specifically with high-rise, but could you first say a little bit more about what our listeners should know about uh, you?
3: Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, We're from all over the world, apparently, on this call, and I get to represent uh, the West Coast of the United States, which is super exciting. And, uh, yeah, I've uh, almost 20 years in talent acquisition, including four different HR tech uh, startup exits and some corporate experience with Starbucks and Expedia. I'm just excited to be here and and talk about how advisors help startups.
0: That's great. And yeah, as you mentioned, we were actually calling in from five different places today. So we have Ezra calling in from Istanbul and myself from Berlin. So it's good that this can all uh, work out. And yeah, we'll get back to how you work with rise in a second. But I'd like to start with you, Anna and Elena. For for those listening who are not familiar with the concept of working with um, advisors as a startup, could you first tell us why do you think this can be valuable? Let's start with you, Elena.
1: First of all, I think the main idea of working with the advisors for us for example as first time founders is that of course like you can have a team of um, people who have all their own responsibilities but there will always be spots blind spots let's call it like this where you do not have expertise or lack it a little bit and uh, having someone uh, helping you from the side who could look like at your uh, work at your project from the outside it's extremely important
0: and Elena maybe you can tell us a little bit about what kind of advices do you currently work with uh, at Mark
1: yes yeah, so uh, for us um, the main um, gap that we had was uh, marketing because in our team we have four co-founders who are all responsible for the uh, like field and we have product we have design we have development and methodology but marketing is something that we knew not enough to build to, to, like to build a successful product uh, and uh, that's what uh, was our first goal to look for uh, and I, ca- I can say that we've done a big and a long path on the way of finding a good advisor that would be suitable and most relevant for us our first uh, potential advisor was not a very successful experience because we found uh, an ex CMO of our competitor uh, who's super big in the market and we worked uh, with uh, her not for the share but uh, for the money format of consultations and we had like about two meetings that helped us like to realize and to understand the first steps that we have to do in the industry but um, after these two sessions uh, it became clear that all that she could and all that she wanted she told us and uh, there was no longer interest and uh, any sense in working from both sides and uh, we've uh, done a series of meetings with various advisors starting from um, big names in the industry to some, um, let's say, friends of friends or volunteering advisors who found our post and said, "Okay, uh, we see that you need help. We can do this." And uh, through a series of these meetings, where people were either not relevant with the mobile app uh, marketing or the industry of ad tech, uh, or just uh, no. Uh, expertise in this field at all. We found finally like through uh, a VC fund and through, through friends of friends of ours, we found a really good person who helps us now.
0: Anna, is there anything you want to add to what Elena just said?
1: My first
4: experience was not very successful, maybe because uh, she, our first advisor was very uh, experienced and really good uh, girl. I advise to find advisor who also have experience in your stage
0: that's a good point as well i wanted to ask you as well and maybe anna i can direct this one to you you changed its product and and plans also from how it, it started uh, you, you started you told me as an event aggregator and and later you turned it into a language learning app and we covered the topic of pivoting on a, on a previous episode of this podcast but maybe you can tell us a little bit about what role your advice has played in the journey of developing and, and fine-tuning your product
4: so our advisor help us now with finding product market fit, and yes, sometimes we do some small pivots, like from one market to another market. But uh, globally, we um, yeah, decided by ourselves without advisor.
1: That was actually quite some time ago. Uh, the event idea we had was pre-corona startup which of course ruined uh, the first months of uh, lockdown and uh, we didn't have an MVP or even a prototype and no advisors at that moment of course too. We started searching for advisors only after we made an MVP and first sales on the market with language learning.
0: I wanted to to take this moment to then also bring in um, the founder and advisor duo we also have with us uh, today Esra and Jur here um, and first before we get into how you work together tell us a little bit Esra could you tell us a little bit about the way you work with advisors uh, as high rise
2: so how we work with advisors is well we don't pick them we meet them we talk to them you know you you click with them and they you see that they have, they can fulfill your needs, let's say it like that. And, um, after that all stage, you talk about like what you can give to each other in terms of equity, future, uh, shares maybe. So then you talk about the terms. So the legal part comes in, they stay with you for a certain time. Let's say you're in growth stage or you're in the stage where you're just launching your beta. So every stage, of your startups need different kind of uh, advisors. So that's why we keep our advisory contracts within one to two years. So the advisory agreements are parallel to that Um, and they can vest their shares. So there are terms connected to the shares that they can vest. If you guys don't know what vesting means, it just means that by offering the service that you promised you gain your shares. So you don't get equity or money, you get your shares. It's a legal term. So that's what we call investing. I think most startup founders know what it's about.
0: <laughs> mm. How many advisors do you work with right now? Just to give our listeners an idea.
2: We have in total three advisors. So the last one, the third one, we're just onboarding him.
0: I think it's it's interesting now to maybe bring in, uh, bring in and, and and hear a little bit about how the two of you became a fit. Uh, Jerry, I know you've been working with Ezra and high-rise for five, six months. Take us a little bit about what led you two to match as a founder-advisor duo.
3: Yeah, totally. So we, we knew each other previously, um, and, and Ezra can tell our origin story. But we met years ago um, and kept in touch, of course, both being in the industry. And then recently she was just sharing, uh, towards the end of last year, I believe, she started talking about this new HR tech startup idea. And I think really the first couple of conversations were just as sort of friends and colleagues. Um, And just, you know, she was asking my opinion. And the more I started talking to her, the more I got excited. And I think, you know, after a couple of conversations, we both kind of approached each other and said, hey, maybe this could be more formal. And so it it felt very natural uh, to join up with her.
0: Esper this is your chance to tell a complete opposite uh, story obviously no could you <laughs> could you share a little bit about what led from your founder perspective what led you to find uh, a good fit in India
2: He was the first person I reached out to after I was like okay I'm going to do high rise this is it mainly because we're focusing on the US market is in the US so he's he was like you know the US voice for me and after that Especially because we know each other and we're like good friends, then it makes it makes it so much easier to uh, to say like, okay, let's let's turn this into an advisory thing because the communication is very different, of course. when i When I come up with something that is not so great, he just calls me out.
3: Yeah, I like to call it brutal, honest feedback. right? If you can provide brutal, honest feedback based on your experience and your your wisdom, that's that's the best thing you can provide a founder as an advisor is just be brutally honest with your feedback, both things you love and things you hate and the reasons why. Uh, but when you're just kind of squishy in between, going along for the ride, kind of agreeable with everything, fungible on most things, like that's not helpful. You need to really be extreme, I think, sometimes.
2: I definitely agree with that. By the way, especially when you're a startup founder, you get to hear like brutal honesty a lot. You get rejected a lot, so. We got quite thick skin. We can take it, you know.
0: You also have to develop a relationship. I can uh, hear clearly, and and that makes a lot of sense, right? I want to dig a bit into this notion of um, like figuring out what to listen to and what not to listen to, and obviously there can be reasons to believe that this is an advisor with the relevant experience and expertise um, and as, as a person also a, f- a good fit in, in terms of advising the the startup that that you're building what can you share that new founders can learn from your experience on how, how to how to find uh, quote unquote the right uh, first advices let's ask you first Esra
2: so first of all I think you should surround yourself with people that you respect a lot but who also have a proven track record you know they've been there already. For example, Jer has four HR tech exits. So he probably knows a little bit more than I do. Well, maybe four times more. (laughs) So that's very important. And then, of course, you need to understand that there are a lot of people, just like I told you before, there are a lot of people that we can talk to. But you need to know what you need. I think that when you move with knowledge and data, so... You understand where you're going to and you measure that it makes it so much easier to understand what to listen to who to listen to who not and who to reach out to so it's also a part of knowing yourself knowing who you are what kind of leadership you you know you have within your firm and then the people who match that and you know it's also very important to be humble i mean like Your ego sometimes, when things go right, can get the best of you.
0: Elena and Anna, what you're hearing here from both Jara and also from from Esra, is that all similar to how you have experienced it? Uh, Does that resonate with you? Or how do you see this, uh, like looking to get the first uh, advisors on board um, and find the right ones?
4: I totally agree with Esra. Uh, Surrounding uh, very smart, uh, experienced people, it's very important.
0: I would be curious to hear a little bit from from you here, dear, from the from the advisor point of view. How do you see this?
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's unique about the companies that I've gotten a chance to advise is that a lot of it, I'm a user, right? I'm I'm like the target buyer. Um, not only care about. The company and the startup, but I also care about the actual product. Maybe there's uh, an advisor out there that is a big user of the technology, um, and those are the most passionate people, and like that's that's really really valuable. So if there's a uh, person out in in the industry that you're starting up a company that is not just an executive or an investor or a founder, but they're also a user. Of the product, uh, that's probably a really good person to get advice from.
0: You have to be brutally honest, right? And I would like to ask uh, you all here as a panel: what What else would you say is is really important about the way to work together, uh, founder and and advisor? Um, give our listeners an idea of talk to each other. Um, when do you jump in? Jerry talked about being proactive and, and and calling out things when they are not as they should be. But for those who are not familiar with these types of dynamics. Uh, Let us into the, the, the room where you work together. How, how does it look?
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll go first. So Ezra and I talk almost every day electronically, right? So uh, we're in the, the DMs all day uh, sending messages back and forth. And that's maybe uh, more uh, work than I've done at some of these other ones. Um, but if you're not willing to like weekly or monthly be available, you um, Again, you're probably not a great advisor if you're not available to the CEO.
2: Yeah, I think that the point that, you know, where Jared and I, you know, we communicate a lot. We celebrate, you know, also our milestones. Um, We just had like the technology was done and we tested it. And it was like an amazing point for us because we were like, oh, my God, we just pulled it off. Can you imagine? We're just doing it. Yay. So that was great. I think that that is also very important. So the human part, you know, that you know that they're involved in your company um, next to the business part, of course. I think as a founder of a a startup, you are responsible for leadership of your team, your advisors, your investors, your personal life. (laughs) You're the leader of all of these things. So I think that's very important.
0: But I think it's, it's really interesting, Ezra, the way you, you kind of talk about uh, Jera about advisors. And more than that, uh, ex- almost as, or actually as a part of your team, which I think says something about the way you consider advisors. Because some might think an advisor is someone you can call uh, once in a while, when you have a question, but you are actually celebrating the the small wins and and, and talking to each other on such a daily basis that that you are kind of you're 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 on the same you're on the same team is that how I hear it correctly?
2: Yeah, we're also friends. I mean, like that helps a lot. <laughs> so uh, sometimes it's just sending memes. <laughs> um, but um, that's great. But. I mean like we also have advisors that we talk to once a month because that's the agreement that we have. I mean like I hope that one day Jer can join us as a co-founder but I need to persuade him.
0: She's
3: trying to recruit me on the podcast. (laughs)
0: Yeah, now it's, now it's getting uh, almost flirtatious in here with like getting, getting you on board uh, as a co-founder here. Let's, let's cut that with having uh, Mark's opinion as well on this. What have you learned uh, that you would like other founders also to know uh, about from the sort of machine room of, of working with advisors?
1: Well, I'd like to say, first of all, of course, that uh, the interest, uh, the personal interest of the advisor in what you're doing and how to reach success And how to help you get success is extremely important. Uh, And um, what we have, for example, uh, with our advisor is that we have weekly calls where we tell uh, something like we have a strategy discussed uh, and we uh, tell about what we have done, what um, are the results from their side. And uh, having good uh, personal relationships also is super important, as Ezra said, because if you don't feel that it's your person, the chances that it's It's not going to work out very high.
2: You know, I would love to say that, I mean, like we're talking about like having advisors and it's great and amazing. It has, it comes with a cost. That's what you need to understand. If you can't find your right advisor, don't take an advisor for the sake of having an advisor. It helps a lot in your pitch deck when you can show all these amazing names who have so many exits. It helps you a lot, you know, especially when you're still a small team, it helps. But let's say you can't find one, then don't take one for the sake of taking one because you give away shares of a very early stage startup, that's one. And then the second one is if you can't find advisors, but you do have investors such as APX, you can, you know, cling to them. You can ask them a lot of things. I got a lot of help from APX. I shoot them a lot of emails. I just asked them and, you know, they're great. So that's one. And the second thing is, and I get that a lot when I was in BC, is how much shares do you give? <laughs> what is the market doing? And it's somewhere between 1% to 1.3%. That's something also that I would like to share because I think a lot of early, very, very early or idea stage founders are like, okay, but what is then, you know, what is the price that we're paying? How many shares?
0: I think that's really important to to bring in here. And thank you for also having this very practical, very precise uh, learning that I'm sure not everyone knows of. Eleanor, Anna or Jared, do you have a last point you'd like to make before we, we end today?
1: I would probably add something that may seem super basic, but sometimes um, we forget about basic things. Um, this is networking. So it's really important to keep up with the people around you to, to meet new faces because sometimes your advisor may like wait for you somewhere where you don't expect him or her, they, them, you don't expect them to be. So uh, that's super important. And the more people you know, the more uh, people they can recommend to you, that could like, potentially help you in future.
3: Yeah, I would echo that. I think the networking aspect to it and also the go-to-market aspect is huge because you're trying to get the word out. You want people to just take a look at what you're offering. And if you have a good two or three advisors that are out there talking about you, hyping you up to the market, that could unlock a lot of doors.
0: These were very practical, uh, very precise advice. I think we have uh, collected a good amount of, of tips here from you as a panel to founders. Thanks so much for for being with us today. Thanks for sharing your insights uh, with us and and all the, the people, hopefully some some founders, aspiring founders listening to this podcast. Thank you, Anna Natsurova, And Elena Engel.
1: Thank you very much for inviting us.
0: Yeah, super great. And thanks also Ezra uh, Kaigin from Highrise and Gerard Langhans, advisor for Highrise. Thank you for joining in. Yeah,
2: thanks for having us, Soren. Yeah, definitely. Thank
0: you. Super cool that you could make it. Uh, really nice to have all of you from these different places. That's all for today. If you have feedback or topic ideas, send me an email at søren at apx.vc or comment on the episode on social media where we are at apx Berlin. The Early Stages is a podcast by APX, produced by WakeWord. Thanks to you for listening. My name is Sora Nilsson, and I will be back in two weeks' time. We will end, as always, with a voice message we've received from one startup in the APX portfolio, whom we've asked to share one thing they wish they would have known before they started their company. Here's what they said. Hi, I'm Fabian, co-founder of Rightbee, and we are a software company developing mobility applications for your daily work life especially for carpooling and shuttles to work and back home. And one thing I wish I had known before starting my own business is that you have to be really good at dealing with rejection. Because for everything that works, there will be 99 things that don't work. But the good part is though, that this also means that when things do succeed, there is usually a reason to celebrate.